Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, hello. Good afternoon to you. We are live and this is The Call. 10 stocks picked by you, sometimes a few bonus buys, always a stock of the day and always two expert guests over the course of an hour. Really happy to have you here with us. And I hope your request gets answered today. We will see. We have Josh Barker from Macro Capital here with me in studio. Good so morning. Happy. Good afternoon, I should say. And also Grady Wolf joining us from Bell Direct. Hello. Nice to see you guys. Nice to see you too. Um, look, there hasn't been a whole lot of corporate news at right. post-reporting season, but we are still pouring over the results. Do you have a lot of clients coming to you looking to rejig their portfolios at this time of year? Yeah, well, we made a lot of changes throughout reporting season. Um, it was an active period for us trying to get back into the bull market reporting season playbook, which actually worked out okay with some of those building and tech companies for us. But um, yeah, now just sort of repositioning for, for our views on market. Um, we're just expecting a minor pullback and, and a, a bit of increase in volatility before, I guess, getting back into that uptrend. So when does that uptrend then happen? Because um, <laughs> September hasn't been crash hot so far. We've been yeah. range trading for so long. Um, what, will, what will be the catalyst? Well, I think the market just needs to get comfortable that the Fed aren't going to raise. So it's not about them not actually raising rates again. Um, it's about the market being more comfortable that they won't. So, you know, the market's going to flip flop back uh, between whether they're going to have to extend rates or not. And yeah, we just need to sort of get past uh, them holding it flat for quite a, quite a while. Yeah, I was going to say lots of double negatives in there. Understanding, getting around them, not needing to raise rates. So you, house view at Macro is that we might have hit peak rates, but they'll remain there for quite some time? Yeah, exactly. So we don't think that there's another another significant rise coming, um, probably not two or three rises coming. So we're here or, or close to the top, um, but it will definitely stay at these rates for probably longer than what people are expecting. So September, Grady, is traditionally a week month of the yeah. year. So how do you see things at Bell Direct playing out? You know, not just September, but how soon will we be talking about a Santa Claus rally after <laughs> Honestly, I think everyone's hoping for this Santa Claus rally. And uh, September, as you said, notoriously a very weak month. Everyone's kind of digesting what's happened in reporting season. We're still getting some results as we're about to talk about soon. And uh, yeah, everyone's just kind of seeing how their stocks and their portfolio played out. Um, we've seen a lot of movement into REIT stocks recently, which is interesting, and the industrials and those more defensive stocks, given how volatile the market is set to be for a little while to come. Um, but yeah, we're excited to see what the, like there was a lot of surprises in reporting season. So we have seen a bit more um, of our clients jumping into certain stocks, but yeah, it's uh, a few we'll talk about today. Oh really? Yeah, okay, yeah, then yeah. I won't kill the surprise. <laughs> we, won't, we won't kill the and surprise. And like a little bit of tension <laughs> in TV. All yeah. right. Um, well, we won't surprise you with the companies we're talking about. How about I run you through the first half of the program? Westpac, so we've got some big companies here, Grain Corp. Boss Energy, look, uranium has been, uh, well, some one of our guests said going nuclear lately. So there you go, Australian Vintage, anybody up for a wine tonight? And Propel Funeral Partners. But uh, 
On Grady's point, we are still getting a little bit of uh, the laggards, I suppose, coming through from reporting season. Maya really pre-guided the market quite well. Today, though, the retailer has, in fact, reported an 18.2% leap in full-year net profit, and that's despite economic headwinds and some really poor sentiment towards the retailers in general. $71 million is where the net profit has come in, in line, as I said, with that trading update last month. So total sales coming in at $3.36 billion, the highest since 2005. Shareholders will get a final dividend of one cent per share, fully franked, down from two and a half cents, to be paid on November 16th. Now, you know, the question always is about the outlook. Uh, Grady, you've gone through that result. What was Meyer saying about the outlook? Because that is all important. It is, and with retailers, they are spot on the money. They're very cautious, so it's not, uh, the results were good today, and uh, I think that, well, yeah, as what we're seeing here, um, retailers have been hit this year really hard. And I think it's been an, a bit of an oversell because a lot of the results that came out of the retailers were very surprising. Um, again, Maya was one of them today. Uh, they did say they're cautious on outlook, um, which is a big factor to take into account when you're investing in the retailers. Um, their results do suggest second half sales growth of only 0.4% was a real headwind that they're going to face moving forward. Um, I think the market had factored in today already what because they did pre-warn mm-hmm. the market of what was coming. Um, yeah, so the big point today their margins decreased as well 189 basis points and again investors very were very quick to punish any margin contraction in the reporting season whether it be with Maya I know ResMed got absolutely hammered for their margin contraction so not passing on the higher and rising costs um, cost of doing business came down so it was a really mixed result for mm-hmm. Maya today um, but again on the outlook front we want to see retailers who have some sort of certainty and Maya definitely didn't provide that today so I've gone with a hold because it is it is a strong company and it has a proven track record over history in Australia. Um, it's a strong uh, defensive retailer in the long term. But yeah, at the moment, it's a hold rating just because they're cautious on outlook and that's not what we want to hear. Yeah, and they've done a lot of the hard work when it comes to yeah. store closures yeah. and strategic reviews and rebranding, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, Josh, shares are down by about six, oh, sorry, 3.6%. <laughs> Let's not overdo it because, of course, it doesn't matter what's happened with these retailers. It's what's yeah. to come. Um, interesting to note that the CBA household spending report yesterday showed increased spending in mm. August, but it was because of the FIFA Women's World Cup, which I love, mm. uh, but also rising petrol prices and the return of international students. I was at the shopping center on Saturday, and I noticed that Meyer, you know, they had forty percent discounts in some of the <laughs> uh, in some of the you know the product lines. So if you think about Meyer as a investment, do you take a learn- long-term view, or is this just not a sector you want to be involved in right now? Um, well, obviously, it's a household name. It, it's not going anywhere. But I think they are getting caught up in this negative sentiment. Um, the uh, actual period was uh, lower than than the previous half um, by quite a fair bit. Um, so 1.9 they achieved last time, and that was the highest that it uh, reached for the year on the chart there. Um, and now down at 1.4 for the last six months. Um, interestingly enough, they do also have a couple of risks coming up with uh, their CEO John King set to depart the company um, in 2024. He's been pretty integral in their turnaround for the last five years. They haven't got a successor for him. He owns 4.3 million shares, so there's obviously a selling risk there. Um, Just to take a a slight different tactic with this one, um, obviously uh, Solomon Liu, uh, the head of 
PMV, yeah. Premier Investments. He's been accumulating um, Maya. Um, and he's doing a bit of a shake up in his business as well, looking to sort of split off the Peter Alexander and Smiggle business too. Um, you know, it owns more than nearly 30% of Maya now. So I think that um, spin-offs could potentially unlock, unlock a lot of shareholder value. Obviously, that's the reason he's doing it. So I think in this case, you'd, you'd rather follow the uh, smart money here with Solomon Liu. Obviously, he knows the sector quite well. If you want exposure to that sector, um, you know, follow his trades. And, and what he's looking to do is accumulate a portion of uh, Maya, but also he's looking to spin off his other high growth assets as well. So I think uh, actually picking up PMV uh, is a better way to play getting exposure to Maya um, from a risk point of view. Uh, you obviously got more diversification there to that one company. Um, but also, I think it does have more upside with that potential demergers. Yeah, got it. Okay, so you've already got a bonus buy there. <laughs> Folks, don't say I don't do anything for you. That is the stock of the day, Meyer. Bad day on market today, but a company that, uh, yeah, both of my guests say will likely be around for quite some time. Now, Let's get to the first company on the list. This is as nominated by you, and this is from Marcello. This is Westpac. Yesterday we talked about ANZ. Couldn't find a lot of enthusiasm for the banks in general there, at least not the big four. Um, I might start with you on this one, Josh. Hmm. Westpac, uh, what do you reckon is the go, considering we've got still you know, an elevated interest rate environment, yeah. but you know, some of those, I, I guess, real knives being put down in terms of the competitive landscape in the banking mm. space, but it's not easy. Yeah, look, I don't think um, I have an over high, high, high skew towards the, the big four at the moment, but Westpac seems to have the most value in it at this stage. Um, the broker consensus is about a 6% upside, whereas, you know, sort of CBA's 10% downside, uh, NAV and ANZ are sort of more around that 4 or 5% upside. So uh, I do think there's some further risks coming to these, um, you know, especially these, these banks with a lot of exposure to the mortgage market. There's actually been very little sign um, from the outside looking in to, you know, sort of distressed selling. Um, yeah. But, you know, there may be ways that that can potentially be covered up by the banks as well. Um, so, you know, no one likes to see, you know, every day mum and dad's forced out of their home. Um, so there's ways around that in which they can report those selling and foreclosures happening. Um, but yeah, I think that's a big risk that's that's likely to occur for, for, for the big four banks especially. Um, you know, put a lot of pressure in the past, uh, in 2015, with a lot of those sort of delinquencies and foreclosures. So um, yeah, I think that exposure is, is is hugely risky. Um, so uh, what I've always said about the big four, we do prefer Macquarie. Um, yeah. You're not alone, let's say that. Yeah. So, yeah, rinse and repeat the same. Did you guys add to any Macquarie positions in the recent sell-off that we did see? Yeah, tried to. A lot of our clients have it already, but anyone that you know sort of maybe had an under-allocation or potentially mm -hmm. missed out on the rally, um, any, any sort of weakness, we're happy to sort of go in and pick up Macquarie. Okay, um, so Westpac, not so hot, that's a hold if you have it? Yeah, I think a hold. Um, we've got a lot of the brokers sort of saying that, look, uh, in its most recent update, of course, it doesn't put out its full year results, but we do quarterly updates through the month of August from the big four banks that, you know, um, cost cost was a real disappointment on yeah. that front. There is still some love for it again on that sort of valuation argument. Yeah. What What is it at Bell Potter, at Bell Direct? 
Yeah, it's um, a hold at the moment. So looking at their third quarter update, you're exactly right. They have higher OPEX costs, inflation in wages was a big one. Um, net interest margin is obviously the one area we look at and it actually rose in the three in the Q3 update. So that's a good indication that the company is still obviously making money and getting those margins higher. But um, And it had lower bad debts, which was really, really good because the whole consensus out there is there's going to be so many defaults on different mortgage loans and the fact that they're bringing down their expected doubtful debts is a really strong thing. They're not expecting as high. I think they might have must have overshot the mark um, in assuming a lot would, or a majority would uh, default, a large majority that were taken out in 2020. But obviously the numbers have come in a lot better than expected. So that's a really good thing. But I was actually talking to one of the Bell Potter Online analysts who is quite familiar with all the, the big four mm-hmm. banks because we don't cover them in, in that much detail. Um, and he was saying that looking at the five-year return on the big four, um, see CBA has done a 12% return, so annualised historical return to shareholders. CBA is about 12%. Uh, Westpac is flat, ANZ is 3.3% and NAB is 6%. So Westpac is underperforming the other big four, but again, it's about... When looking at the banks, it's about what strategy you're going in with. CBA obviously dominates and they've got the valuation that just shows that they're the number one big bank. But then if you want the... um, exposure to different like the corporate side you've got ANZ and NAB and then obviously Westpac is really high in the mortgage front so it really depends on your strategy with the big banks but yeah it's a hold at the moment just because we at like in this kind of environment you need lower costs and higher costs is not what we want to see from a big bank yeah yeah and one of my guests yesterday said look cheap does not always mean you know great value (laughs) or anything else so interesting just to see the brokers just for interest sake for our viewers yeah Um, Ordmanet and Morgans have an ad and accumulate, but everybody else seems relatively neutral. So City, UBS, Macquarie, Morgan Stanley, all sort of neutral or equal weight on Westpac in particular. Um, look, that sort of says it all, doesn't it? You know, dividends get play, put into the mix, all the rest of it. So it really is sort of for your investment strategy. And that as well is just a really good segue to my reminder every day that this is just information. This is not financial advice in any way, shape or form. You need to figure out what's right for you. And if you need help to do that, you should try to get some. Grain Corp is the next on the list. This one's been picked by Timothy. Uh, obviously, we're always talking about weather. We're talking about global geopolitics, global supply, demand, often tricky. Um, this one's for Timothy. Hey, Timothy, what do you think, Grady? Grain Corp. Yeah, so the ag, ag stocks are naturally they're at the hands of Mother Nature. So it's, it's a really hard one because obviously we've had El Nino, La Nina, events over the last two years. So that's really impacted seasonal outlook for a lot of these ag stocks. Um, grain and base prices have been factored in and the outlook is a lot better looking forward. So the I think it's the Australian Bureau of Agricultural Resources, Economics and Sciences report recently came out and that kind of gives a guideline as to what we're expecting for summer and the seasonal conditions coming out. Um, the East Coast summer crop is estimated to be broadly unchanged at 4.1 million tonnes. Um, the I think the a lot of the analysts over predicted the the impact of El Nino and La Nina over the past few years so that are, those headwinds are starting to um, definitely come down. There's a lot of um, higher grade over international so that in the international crops that's really helping boost the um, pricing and the returns for the market. Um, oil seed crush margins have remained at historically high, high levels so that's definitely driving a tailwind for the company here because you want to have those higher prices when you're selling grains and um, the company's but the company has had slightly um, higher costs than expected. So naturally, um, 
that kind of definitely puts a headwind on on for any company having higher costs. But mm-hmm. they're not alone in this environment. No, so that's what I was going to say. I mean, pick your pick your sector. <laughs> pick your sector and pick everything's cost cost high. So they also have a um, stake in UMG, so United Malt Group, which is the biggest producer of barley and malt in I think the world or Australia or the world. It's one of those. Um, but they're huge. So yeah, again, having that gives you a bit of diversification in the grain and the sector front. So yeah, it's a buy at the moment with us because we thought that the yeah just because we thought the ag stock sell-off was very hardly done and the outlook looks pretty good and um conditions are definitely moderating so a price target of nine dollars and 45 cents okay got it thank you um what do you think josh Hmm. because you know Macquarie, for one, says that Grain Corp actually displays some infrastructure-like mm. qualities. We're all going to continue to always need, uh, you know, uh, grains, and it's, it yeah. does have its own infrastructure set across the country too. Yeah, there's a big importance on the sort of protection around food at the moment um, with all the geopolitical risks. So, uh, yeah, they're well positioned. I think their last report, uh, they did really quite well. So they report off-season, um, maybe just sort of drifting lower uh, since that report, no fundamental catalyst. and all the market focused on uh, the companies that do report in August. Also, wheat prices have gone down about 32% for the year, so it's kind of weighing on them a little bit. I think it's about 8% in the last month too, mm-hmm. which is uh, probably the explanation for the recent pullback in, in Grain Corp. Um, they have that, obviously, UMG holding, which we like. Um, that bid's been upped and looks uh, quite certain to go through now. Yeah, that so fr- I was going to say, United Malt Group is under takeover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that, that, that bid's been increased uh, a couple of times now. So, um, yeah, that will benefit them that'll flow through to their cash position to help them weather any sort of volatility in the short term that that comes with those lower prices Um, you know that most recent report um, was an upgrading guidance so I think uh, yeah if you're interested in any sort of ag exposure exposure you want um, the one that sort of upgrading its guidance um, I think it's going to lack a catalyst for the short term so you know maybe it's something that you can look at closer closer leading into the report and, and see if it sort of respects those lows as well uh, when it when it last reported Bye. so hold for now okay. um, but keep it on your watch list for the um, you know intermediate reporting season that we've got in November yeah I've got a I've got a find that data, put it in our calendar. So um, thanks for the reminder. Um, Boss Energy is the next on the list. And this one is for Ravi. Ravi, thanks for writing in. This one's very topical. I always sort of have a litmus test for uranium just by the activity on my Twitter feed because the uranium bugs get really sort of excited when we start to see the price going up. And Boss Energy, uh, just about a day or so ago, gave an update on you know one of its um, one of its projects, Gold Stam says that it's got uh, signs of an extended mine life there. It's also looking to restart the Honeymoon Uranium mine. You know, there's a lot of interest in nuclear technology, not here, of course, but right around the rest of the world, pretty much. So Boss Energy, uh, what do you make of it? Yeah, it's doing well today. Uranium was up again uh, overnight. So with this oil price increase, um, you know, it puts a lot of dependency on alternative energy solutions. such as uranium, um, and these guys are sort of close to coming into production. Um, you know, I think at the end of the year, um, which is a lot closer than you know the other ASX option we've got, which is Paladin. Um, Paladin is, I guess, you could call it relatively lower in terms of its rally. You can see Boss Energy there is 
quite extended. Yeah. Um, and if we were to go back even further, you know, I think it was trading at 15 cents not too long yeah. ago. Um, so yeah, I'm a bit wary of- Too extended was the question, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm a bit wary of these explorers at the moment, um, you know, we saw that reiterated with the movement in chalice mining um, mm. over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, these companies are very much sentiment trades, as, as, as you pointed out with the Twitter bugs. Um, everyone's very excited by uh, these sort of companies. And I think if you just sort of use your um, trading method of buying companies that are uh, leading into production and selling them once they get into production, it's probably going to have maybe one or two more spikes up higher from here um, and then you're going to get a consolidation phase once it gets into production. So yeah, you, you, you're sort of um, looking to take some profits off the table here for sure. Um, with these sort of explorers, you want to be buying the rumour and selling the news. It's come out with a lot of good news lately, extending its mine life, mm -hmm. having good production levels. Um, it's about to experience fundamentally its strongest period uh, and everyone's already pricing that well in. Yeah. All right. So that is a take some profit. So in other words, it's a sell if you've been in it and you've ridden it up. Ravi, what do you think? It's a speculative hold at the moment. So I've been talking about this company since December last yeah. year and it kills me every time because it's one of those stories that everyone was, everyone poo-pooed the whole uranium movement and now it's actually happening. There's 60, 60 reactors currently under construction around the world. Japan's just the uranium rally this week as Japan's just said they're actually going ahead with turning them back on. Uranium is needed. It's the way of the future. It's one of the cleanest, if not the cleanest energy for uh, the world. We had the energy crisis last year. So it's really placed this renewed light on so many false starts for uranium. But this one could actually and is looking likely to be the legit actual start to the uranium rally. Um, so BOSS is a really good one. They've got, as Josh was saying, they've had so many results out recently um, and it's really positive news for the Goulds Dam, the Honeymoon <coughs> Mine, and they have proven production at the Honeymoon Mine. It was just put on mothballs for years because obviously the price of uranium was so low. But we have the spot price of uranium at 60 US dollars per pound at the moment and that has a really good outlook for when BOSS is set to come first online at the end of this year. Um, our team has a full scope about the project they've actually visited the honeymoon mine and they said yeah it's all systems go it's ready to go all the drilling looks great um, they're expecting first production in December this year and first drums in January February next year and um, the product offtake so or you're with a miner like this you want to know about the offtake agreements and they the company are really confident that they'll struck they'll strike a deal ahead of production so I think that's what's in the works right now um, but yeah as I said the fundamentals are there um, there's near-term lack of near-term supply so that's what's going to drive this the price of the uranium up and exactly at a really good time for when boss is coming online but as Josh said it's definitely a um, rally at the moment they've been on such a long rally so yeah, it's specky hold at the moment speculative just because they haven't started production yet not yet in production yeah no. a lot of people just really like to wait for that production to yeah. come through <laughs> and first sales yeah <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Well, we're not quite Friday, but I don't mind talking wine on really any given day of the week. And just <laughs> disclosure, Australian Vintage does sponsor our end of month drinks, the last call. So fourth stock has been picked by Bruno. Bruno, I don't know if you watched the last call, but you can put your name in to win a case of Australian Vintage wine. But 
My guests are completely independent, Grady. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> it's, a, it's a hold at the moment. So obviously, me personally, love wine. Um, <laughs> so I, would, I buy their wine. I love their wine. But it's a hold at the moment because there are a few headwinds that they're facing. Um, their sales were flat on the last update. And so it's been a pretty difficult year. But at the moment, it's we're looking at the outlook for what's coming. Mm-hmm. So they had actual strength and there's uh, improvement in the contribution in the U. UK segment so that's um, a really and there's suggesting some cost pressures there have started to ease so again on the cost front like we always talk about at the moment um, any cost pressuring pressure easing is a really strong thing so that's what we really like about the company Um, their driver was they had a driver of low sales volume this year um, resulting in working capital build year on year and they at the moment um, the view is that they're looking to start with an this is a kind of a good entry point for investors but if you're wanting to get into the wine market and such a niche market it's it's looking forward and seeing where the opportunity is to buy given there are some headwinds still yet to be faced it could come back a little bit further um, until they get that moderation against the well at the moment the market the whole commercial market is down at the moment for wine so 10 to 15 percent on average but um, the the way that Australian vintage is uh, diversifying their portfolio is really beneficial and again as I said the UK market coming back to that moderation level is uh, looking really good on the outlook. So right now it's a hold with a price target of 46 cents, but uh, the outlook over, we'll keep an eye on this one at the moment. Okay. On the watch list. On the watch list. But yeah, the chart wasn't crash hot. No. I was so (laughs) interested to read a UBS note. I think it was late last week, early this week, just talking about the consumer sector. And I was always sort of thinking, well, Endeavor Group, great, you know, really spending on alcohol in particular would be resilient, even Mm. if there is a a consumer downturn, but not so, says UBS, saying that, you know, we're going to see consumers be really pulling back on spending on alcohol. So you can't think that Australian vintage would be immune to that. Yeah, well, I mean, they even said it was it was one of the lowest sort of vintages in, in decades. And wine exports were down as a nominal figure by about 10%. Um, but the volume was the same. So um, basically, they, there was heavy discounting um, occurring. And that's what hurt them. They're a company that um, their revenues have been pretty stable over the last four years, five years, um, you know, around that sort of 250 million uh, each each year. Uh, and previously, they were getting about 10 or 20 mil uh, profit from that, which is, which is pretty decent. But last year, that was only four. Um, yeah, due to that heavy discounting, also the large costs that came out, uh, mainly from the sea freight and energy costs. So yeah, pretty big squeeze on them. Um, in terms of an investment, um, it's you know a bit of a choppy yield as well. So so once a year, I, I'd be careful looking at the historical yield um, and expecting that moving forward. Um, and yeah, just uh, I, I'm just not sure about the outlook for this company because unfortunately they said that they're going to cut nine million dollars of, of cutting uh, of costs, but um, I don't think they gave any material outlook for next financial year's numbers. So um, yeah, even the company's uncertainty about the macroeconomic headwinds would just cause me to wait, um, see that next report, see see the sector turn around, um, and uh, yeah, just wait <coughs> on the sidelines. So sell yeah. that one. Okay, I'll um, write that down. It's a little longer than sell, but sit on the <laughs> sidelines. Cool. And then uh, last on this list, uh, at least for this first half of the program, is Propel Funeral Partners. And this is a question that was submitted by Mark. So Mark, don't know if you buy 
uh, holders that, well, we don't know if you've already got it, if you're looking to get into it, but Josh, if you did not own Propel mm. Funeral Partners today, would you be buying, holding, or selling, and why? Um, I'd be holding. Um, okay. They have a company that's ex uh, you know done extraordinarily well over the last 10 years. So they've gone from one location to 180. Um, and with that, the revenues have gone from 1 million revenue uh, to 170 million revenue. So it seems like they're getting about a million dollars from each location in revenue. Um, you know, they've new listing on the market and they've gone higher from, from when, they, when they listed on the market. They've, you know, sort of said in their report that they've outperformed the market. They've also outperformed their competitor, Invercare. Um, so yeah, I think this one um, has been done extremely well. Revenue's up 16% um, and that's a really consistent um, grind higher. Earnings and profits around the same, up about 18%. Uh, it seems to be a company that's just continuing to uh, continue to in, you know, improve year on year. Um, and they've, they've got a really strong foothold on the market. The way they go into sort of communities and set up smaller businesses and get established in the community seems to be working quite well. Uh, they've expanded into New Zealand. So I'd be definitely happy to hold them. Um, I don't think they're gonna experience you know, the same growth they have over the last 10 years, of course. Um, but I do think that they're still growing quite consistently. So yeah, happy to hold these guys. All right, so happy holder of Propel Funeral Partners. What do you think, Grady? It's actually a buy at the moment. Is it? How come? Uh, a few reasons, as Josh very well put out, it is a very good company. They, have, over the last few years, they've had consistent growth. Um, they've had strategic reviews over the last few years to ensure that their costs are maintained lower. And that's through, they had, a, in 2021, they had a lot of contractors doing the marketing and this and that. And they've actually brought them all in-house as employees because they saw that was a big cost saver. So again, and the key management and senior management are all now employees as well. So that's one big tick. Um, the company's report was really good. Average revenue per funeral was up so they've passed on inflationary costs. Um, they actually have been pretty strong on the acquisition front as well recently to uh, regional funeral homes and funeral services, as well as one pet cremation service. And a lot of people are- Very, very big right now. Very Mega big yeah. and they're very expensive. So it's putting that into it is very, very big. They've also got a um, real estate portfolio. So they've got the property that they're sitting on. And as we know, there's a property is through the roof right now. So they've got that on their portfolio, which is exactly what you want to see. Um, they've got the pricing power as well. So again, people don't go cheap with funerals. It's saying goodbye to a loved one. And so that is their ability. They've increased prices and the market has responded very positively. They're still paying and uh, the growth has gone up. Um, and then also where the Bell Potter's analyst actually said that given the aging baby boomers, the outlook is really strong because they're expected to hit their life expectancy age or average life expectancy age in three years time. So they're expecting sadly death numbers to go up. Um, so funeral numbers naturally to go up as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're outperforming in a tough market. And as we know, markets are really tough and volatile at the moment, but they have outperformed and they're a really, really well run, well run business. So Propel is definitely on the buy list. Got it. Well, that's nice. Just before we get to our halfway <laughs> mark, have a little bit of a breather, guys. I'll run everybody through what we've learned so far. Just very quickly in shorthand. So stock of the day, Meyer, better exposure through Premier. I mean, Solly Lou has confidence he's buying shares in Meyer, but uh, yeah, Josh just says maybe that's a better way to get exposure to a diversified portfolio of retailers. It's a hold for Grady. 
Um, margin contraction, that's a big red flag. The outlook is going to be tough. Okay, Westpac, it is a hold. They prefer Macquarie at Macro Capital. It's a hold for the team at Bell Direct, Bell Potter. Um, look, Nim rose in the third quarter, but uh, not overly excited about Westpac. It's underperformed the majors for a long time frame. Grain Corp is a buy for the folks at Bell Potter. Price target $9.45. Overdone selling in Agri. Look, um, Josh says it's a hold today, but put it on the watch list. Boss Energy, it is take profits for the team at Macro Capital if you've done well so far. Likely not a huge uh, amount of upside left once it enters the production phase, but it's a specky hold for the team at Bell Direct and Bell Potter. Spot price is going really well, um, but again, uh, you know, how much more upside is left in it, we will see. Australian Vintage, it's a stay on the sidelines for the team at Macro Capital for now. Lots of headwinds, macro headwinds primarily. And uh, again, Grady's got on the watch list. The outlook in her view is pretty good, but you know, again, headwinds facing the company. And you just heard what the guys had to say about Propel. It's a hold for Macro. It is a buy for Bell Direct and Bell Potter. All right, that's the halfway mark as mentioned. Let's get you across the portfolio. So this is our high conviction fund. We and we brought Challenger into the mix. I'm just looking to see if Boss is still in there. Looks like we already sold out. So there you go. Um, Altium and Paladin were trimmed. Performance wise up by 9.79% on a cumulative return basis since we started tracking the fund. Please do. Please keep sending your requests in. We love getting them. We love the variety that you guys all provide. Um, and if you'd like to provide a bit of information, whether you already buy it or have bought it, or you're looking, you know, strategic if you need to sell, you know, any of that information can help the conversation as well, but up to you. All right, in the next half hour, we've got Aries Resources. We've got Coventry Group, Accent in the retail space again, Mineral Resources, and Bega Cheese. Going to start in resources, I think, with Grady. So AIS is the ticker code. This has been picked by Lynn. What do you think? It's a buy rating at the moment because it's a good opportunity to buy in. It's copper? Been copper. Yeah. And it's been, as you can see, hammered recently. Um, the price target's 29 cents per share. So this is one that it's got good exposure to copper gold. So it's already producing. So for a miner, that's what you want to hear. It's producing, it's uh, making money. Uh, the company though, it's in the right space at the right time. Copper is kind of the word of 2023. And given the EV movement, copper is definitely needed in EV batteries and EV motors. But it's been a really tough year for this company. They had a net loss after tax of 140 million, which was above Bell Potter expectations, which was 126 million. Um, they held cash of 19.5 million and nil corporate debt. So no corporate debt is pretty good, but that's down from the FY22. Um, the outlook, so the outlook is really highly leveraged to the increasing copper grades at the Triton copper mine, which is one of their copper mines. But again, uh, it's just, it's really taken a kind of hit recently. And the first, they actually acquired the ownership of Round Oak assets. So that's Jaguar, Mount Kotlin and Stockman, which are two new assets under their belt. And it wasn't, it was a bit of a disappointing first year to have those under the belt. So they've under, they underperformed in production wise. So again, it's a tough year, but the how far can it go down? It's a good buying opportunity given their assets, their diversification of their portfolio and the area they're playing in. So 
Uh, copper is definitely the word of the way forward. So yeah, Eris is uh, it's a buy rating at the moment. Thank you. Would you be buying into Eris? Because there's not a lot of way to get exposure to copper producing mm. through, you know, the smaller end of town. Yeah, big copper bug. Um, we really like it. Um, I think these ones. So we're, we're, the way that we're playing it is the the larger sort of copper names on our market obviously Oz Minerals is sort of out of the picture you know Sandfire is quite high and, and, and a poor record of, of going much higher than this anyway so um, the way I'm looking to play getting exposure to these copper names is, is, is sort of a basket of these smaller ones um, there's three that I, that I really like um, AIS is one 29 Metals is the other and Austral AR1 is the other so looking to accumulate uh, almost what was the last one sorry uh, AR1 Austral okay Austral yeah so all of these three companies have um, producing mines, but they also have exploring mines as well. And there's no exception here. Um, the tenement that they have covers 2,300 square kilometers. Uh, they have four mining licenses and then another seven exploration mines licenses for that area as well. So they're yet to bring those to production. So you've got, you know, sort of the production uh, side of the business, but then you've got the high capital growth that, that can come through those. Um, and again, they have been, um, you yeah, know, a rough trot, those three companies. So you, you definitely bottom feeding with these ones, um, but they experienced a rough year due to those cost pressures and obviously the volatility around copper. But I think if you're taking a five year outlook and you accumulate a basket of these small, great Aussie companies, um, you know, you, you'll do really quite well out of them. That's a double buy mm -hmm. that will be put to the investment committee. Thank you guys. All right, let's get to the next one, which is Coventry Group. I actually don't know a lot about this company, Josh. Is it one that comes across uh, your desk a lot? No, not before yep. today. Yeah, okay. Um, so, I mean, I guess what they do is they provide industrial products and services. Um, you know, they have sort of the fluid systems uh, part of their business. So, sort of d designing um, hydraulic and Yeah, and it's like stuff. it says cabinet yeah. hardware system, hydraulics, fire suppression. So, all stuff we need and come mm. in contact with sort of on a daily basis, but yeah. probably don't know where a lot of it's coming from. Interesting sort of business um, ethos or, or strategy. They're quite small in nature, 115 million miles market cap um, and I guess they're, they're looking to be specialists um, so they actually brag about sort of not being so big and they can sort of have more of a niche play and more of a high quality service um, so yeah interesting look their profits have uh, had a bit of a squeeze lately as well um, you know revenue was marginally up about 11% um, nothing sort of jumping out at me sales and earnings have been quite consistent though uh, which you tend to see a lot of with these um, sort of engineering and industrial companies as well. Um, yeah, uh, there's a lot of companies that you could get exposure to in that sort of space. Um, but I think, uh, you know, CYG is not one of them. Yeah, is it a liquid? Like that's the thing, if it's so small, is it hard to... Uh, a lot of them are mainly because of the reason that, well, partly because they uh, list on an assets test rather than, you know, distributing shares through a massive IPO, but also they're very tightly held amongst management too. Yeah. So um, yeah, it can work both ways. Um, Durotech is one that, you know, came across um, a, a fair while ago. And, you know, when it moves to the upside, it's great. Um, however, the uh, directors were looking to get out. So it moved pretty harsh to the downside just yeah, recently. Yeah, that was just too. last week. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah, that. Yeah. All right, so that is an avoid. Uh, yeah, just I think there's, there's better options out yeah. there. So okay, well, um, the team at Bell Potter is not adverse to a specy buy, yeah, but um, what do you think about Coventry Group? It's a strong buy. Strong buy. Team at Bell Potter. Ooh, pray tell. Um, and a price target of $1.35. So obviously, 
given that there's so much strength in the industrial space right now and they've really it's been a defensive area this year and over fy23 uh, the company it's got diversification through its different products but the one area that bell potter sees is undervalued is the fluids area so a lot of the company everyone thinks it's just the connect australia business and i think that's their fasteners and uh, their specialist building supplies area but the fluid side of the company and the hydraulics and things like that is what Bell Potter sees is really undervalued in the company. And so that's going to drive key revenues while the Connect business um, moves forward. And it's it's we saw softening uh, outlook for the or softening performance for the Connect business in Australia in FY23. But the maintenance was through the fluid earnings. So the fluid earnings came in above expectations of 15.3 million. So everyone thinks it's just Connect, but the fluids are driving the underlying revenue when Connect was underperforming uh, and so yeah the, and the organic sales are up 15% in the fourth quarter alone so it just goes to show that a company with so many different drivers of revenue you need to look at all the drivers of revenue and not just the one that the one name that everyone expects to be the outperformer and then judge a company by that one uh, so yeah on that basis we think that the valuation at the moment so it is quite a high valuation at the moment if we are looking at it um, of I think it's 8 to 10 multiple at the moment so looking at that we'd think that as Connect comes uh, comes around and moderates and gets a bit stronger then the fluids will continue to remain strong so put them both together and they're going to do pretty well so that's what we see the buy rating at the moment well david you <laughs> lucked out by asking about coventry group on a day that uh, grady wolf was here so <laughs> whether or not you avoid it like uh, josh says or buy it strongly like grady says look again you need to take into consideration your own risk profile all right, let's crack on with it. Let's get to Accent Group. This one's picked by Jarley. Grady, Accent, retail. Oof. Retail, but it's actually my favorite retail stock on the market. Um, I, it's not best and less anymore. I know, I've changed. I've changed okay, in 2023. Okay. Best and less is no longer my favorite. It's up there, but it's not my favorite. Okay. Uh, Accent one is definitely my favorite, and it's actually Bell's retail pick of the bunch as well. So buy rating with a price target of $2.50. Now, this company is so, so strong. Uh, 750 stores world uh, over, I think it's worldwide. Uh, 35 brands, 40 websites, just an incredible business model so they have outperformed the market in a time where we're expecting retail trade especially fashion trade to come down and because they're so strategic in their offering they target the younger demographics 16 17 year olds who have their first paychecks uh, what do you do with it you buy sneakers you buy uh, any new fashion from the glue store you've got nude Lucy which is their that's new, huge now oh it is their key, one of their key drivers at the moment so they actually acquired it a few years ago and it's one of their key drivers in the recent uh, recent results for FY23 and it's because it's that athleisure brand so mm -hmm. I think in COVID everyone got sick of wearing athletic wear out to a cafe or walking around in your athletic wear and so athleisure is now the acceptable comfy clothes to leave the house in and so no Lucy's hit, hit it on the head there. Josh is like what? Josh is like I understand <laughs> um, and the company pays a dividend as well so returning shareholder value in that way and capital is a really smart 
smart thing. Um, they really benefit at the start of every year, the company does, because they own the athlete's foot and they benefit from back to school vouchers and everyone going to get their new net burners, their new soccer shoes, footy shoes, is all the athlete's foot. And so they dominate that space. Um, new store openings in FY23 came in at a net of 50. So they closed 21 and opened 80. So again, if they're opening stores in a time where rents are so high and they're opening more than they are closing, that again shows it's a really, really strong company. They're outperforming the market in every sector. Um, their only headwind is that we're going to see, um, we're going to see obviously a bit of slowing consumer spend, but I honestly, and we honestly don't think it will affect Accent Group that much because their pricing point is so on point. They're targeting the right group and it's we're coming into summer. So everyone needs to start shopping for their summer shoes and their new runners and uh, footwear trends. So yeah, they're definitely, definitely a very good company. Interesting. All yeah. right. This is a buy. Grady's yeah. fave. What about you? <laughs> Yeah, no denying it's a great company. They've done extremely well. Um, it, it's one that you need to be very confident with. Um, you know, it's extremely volatile, and I think that's really picked up over the last few months as well. Um, you know, sort of similar to the LaVisa trade, they've, they've both been incredibly volatile over the last few months. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a representation of the market being unsure and, and undecided as to, you know, what exposure they want to have in that and whether it's going to uh, sort of... In retail, yeah, yeah. all straight. And I guess, you know, those two have been the the darlings of the retail space in terms of the growth uh, that they've occurred. But yeah, definitely heightened volatility lately. Um, I think it's a good company. I think you obviously need to try to pick this up as cheap as possible. because it can have those drastic swings. You know, you're talking buying a stock and, and it being up or down 30 or 40% within a matter of a week, so a couple of weeks. So um, yeah, I think it's good. I think in terms of, you know, being on the discretionary side of things, you know, you do have to go and buy uh, shoes when, when you do need them and, and especially for kids. So um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think this one's a hold for the time being. If it does get cheap uh, for no, um, damaging company reasons, it would be an accumulate. Um, what, what's cheap like, though? Um, sorry, I don't know exactly where it is just today. Yeah, trading at about two dollars. Um, it's been as low as you know, sort of a dollar twenty. Mm-hmm. Been as high as as you know, sort of two ninety. So it's pretty much mid range right now over the last couple of years. So um, yeah, I mean, you can back it if you, if you really like it. But if you if you're after more of a sort of getting it right in the short term, maybe one or two years, um, you want to buy it when it's quite cheap. Over a five to 10 year period, I think it does extremely well though. Yeah, interesting. And I, I'm sort of surprised, I've lost track of Accent Group, but you know, up by close to 15% mm. year to date, mm. when all we've been talking about is, uh, you know, doom and gloom in the retail yeah. space mm. is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've got Style Runner, they've yeah. got so many. Definitely prefer it to the to La Visa. Yeah, La you Visa's do. Visa's too yeah. niche. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I still don't understand the business. <laughs> yeah, right. I do, I shop these, there all the time. Five dollar <laughs> jewelry. Um, the valuations on it are pretty immense considering. So There's a lot of hope being see. placed on this uh, global rollout yeah, and its resilience see. through mm. the downturn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we don't want to go too far down the retail rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling Grade and I could talk for some we time, but <laughs> we'll leave that right now. Let's get to number nine on the list. This is Mineral Resources. These are not actually the visa, but somebody else bought them these for are. me. Yeah, <laughs> 
Um, most of mine are too. Yeah, uh, mineral them. resources. Let's get serious. We'll talk about yes. uh, lithium. We'll talk about iron ore. We'll talk about a diversified play in that space when it comes to mining and uh, everything else that it does in mining services. Uh, Josh, you. Mm. This is for Thomas. Mm. Um, obviously, another good company over the long term. Um, however. Um, you know, so we all know what they do, lithium, iron ore, mining services, it's all great, it's growing 15, 20 odd percent. Um, one thing I'll flag just to, you know, throw a different perspective on one of this big blue chip company is the short interest, uh, particularly in the last week, has, hmm. has really increased. Um, I do believe it, it's broken its uptrend uh, with its most uh, not most recent update, the update before uh, when it dropped ten percent. Um, so yeah, it's just sort of consolidating in that in that in that area at the moment. Whether it's going to go back to the uptrend it had uh, a year or two ago, I don't believe so. Um, yeah, that short interest has gone from one percent to four percent over the last six months, <coughs> um, which is which is I guess interesting because we're seeing a similar thing with Pilbara at the moment. Um, Pilbara went from um, less than one percent short interest a year ago. Now, now it's ten percent. It's the most shorted stock on the ASX 100. Mm. So if obviously that sort of trend extends over to mineral resources with that lithium, you know, maybe a short report will come out, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I guess that's definitely giving me some some warning signs over um, not only min, obviously. Um, PLS too. Okay, that's yeah. an interesting one. So you would be holding if you had it. There's also big questions over China and demand coming from China. So hold. Yeah, yeah. You have hold, it with a hold, hold that today? one. Yeah. Okay. Would you be buying, holding, or selling Min Resources today? Buying. Buying. <laughs> with the price target of I $90. love disagreement, by the way. I love disagreement. <laughs> well, especially polite disagreement. Go I ahead. love it. It's this company is one of the arguably one of the strongest miners there are. Uh, there's a few reasons for that. So they've got exposure to lithium, iron ore, gas as well in the Perth Basin. And they're exploring there in the Perth Basin, uh, as I said, lithium. And they've got the mining services. The mining services is a key element when you're investing in a company like this. Because no matter, so obviously all the other assets ride on the commodity prices, but you've got this underlying contract all the time of revenue coming through from your mining services division. So, and they've actually increased prices. So when you increase prices, obviously, that drives more revenue. So with a company like this, no matter what happens on commodity front, so lithium demand supply, we've seen so much volatility at the start of this year and subsequently the price of lithium coming down to start the year, they were able to weather that storm with the mining services contracts. And so um, the obviously underlying EBITDA was a 71% increase uh, on 2022. Underlying MPAT, 170% increase uh, from to $769 million in FY23. And that's on increased lithium production at the Wajana project. Um, they've actually got their fourth train expected to be online in FY26 from the Wajana project. They're capitalizing on the higher iron ore prices. They've got the nameplate at the Onslo iron ore project coming on. And they actually are expecting to begin the gas production from the Perth Basin in FY26. So FY26 is going to be a massive year for the company when all of these kind of pipelines start really ramping up. And they also this week, interestingly, Chris Ellison, the CEO and founder of Mineral Resources, just jumped on the board of Delta Lithium as a non-executive chairman. And, he, and Mineral Resources is also been increasing their stake in Delta to now own over 17%. So that just shows that we actually have a buy on Delta as well. Um, but it just goes to show they're really expanding their presence in lithium, not only through their own assets, 
but through other companies as well. So yeah, it's definitely a buy at the moment because we like what we see from the diversification front uh, of the company. It's a really well-structured company. Okay, thank you. Ringing endorsement there. And let's get to the lucky last on the list. And this one has come to us from Sean. And that is Bigger Cheese. Who had their veggie mate this morning? BGA is the ticker code. Look, this is a company that's faced a lot of headwinds Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, buy, hold, or sell? It's a hold at the moment with a price target of $3.50. Now, the processing, the company, the revenue was up 12% year on year. They have, as you said, had really big headwinds to face. And they had the sale of the, I think it was a Vegemite Way pro, the um, facility that they had, um, their net, they were, they had a lot of higher costs as well. And so it, with a company like this and demand actually for cheese was going down. So, and dairy as well. So with, a, with such a fluctuating market and with a lot of costs at your headwinds and farm gate prices as well were uh, higher. So that reflects headwinds in that front, but then lower commodity prices. So you, you've got higher volumes, higher costs and lower commodity prices. It's not a great thing for a company like Bega Cheese, but we're definitely a hold at the moment because we see that there is a, a turnaround coming. Um, FY24 looks like a fairly good, a fairly strong growth year. And so um, with lower headwinds of uh, higher commodity prices. So that's what the expected outcome is and the outlook is over time. But uh, we just want to see what the what it definitely looks like. And milk collections have been down as well. So with milk collections down, you can't produce as much. So with a company like Bega, you want to see a bit of bit stronger outlook. And um, we want to see lower commodity prices definitely come to um, that, mitigate those higher farm gate prices. Mm-hmm. All so, right. Yeah, it's a hold just to see what the outlook looks like because it's a strong company. It's a historic company in Australia. Yeah. Um, and it's not going anywhere. But yeah, a hold at the moment good cheese too what do you good think? cheese um yeah i've had it on like probably once every six months for the last couple of years and, and each time it's been a sell obviously those headwinds have been um, bad for it so they had floods they blamed china yeah. they blamed ukraine you know they blamed covid um, it seems like fundamentally those are becoming less of an issue for the company um, however uh you know the the share price is, is not reflecting that at the moment continues to break to new lows so um, i need to see a big turnaround for this to become anything other than a sell um, so at this stage um, it still remains a sell unfortunately waiting for the turnaround look they're quite diversified and they've got lots of different drinks they've got yogurt yogurt, juice, you know, beverages are expanding into some of the, um, you know, the alternatives to milk as yeah. well. Yeah. I must be helping them out a bit, it, I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm still one of the only people that just drinks straight milk. Oh, so am I. Do you drink milk every day, though? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, in your coffee, yeah. I don't drink Milo. straight milk, no. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> See, That's it's a bit cute. champions, really. Um, Look, I've said it before, it's my favorite cheese. But anyways, I love cheese. Um, Okay, so sell though, you're you're willing to sell. All right, guys, let's just uh, quickly before I say thank you. Six on the list was Aries Resources. It's a buy for the team at Macro Capital. They love gold, gold gold bugs. And it's also a buy for Grady. Um, You know, she really thinks that now is a good opportunity with the price pullback that we've seen. Coventry Group. Never heard of it, but it's a strong buy at Bell Potter. Strength in industrials, a little bit of um, defensiveness in it and different sort of segments that can fire at the same time. And when they all coordinate, could be pretty powerful. But it's an avoid for the team at Macro Capital. Just too small, illiquid. Um, yeah, just not a fan. Accent Group, it's a buy. Grady's favorite retailer. Lots of headwinds, but proving resilient, great brands. Um, look, it's a hold. 
For Josh, she says definitely a good company, but just very volatile. You just have to really take a view of what you're willing to pay for Accent Group long term. Likely to do well. Mineral Resources, bit controversial, but it's a hold at best at uh, Macro Capital. Good over the long term, but watch that short interest rising. But it's a solid buy for Grady and the team at Bell Potter. And then Bigger Cheese, you've just heard a hold versus a sell. So that is the program for this Thursday afternoon. Really great to have you along with us. Really great to have you too, Joshua it's Barker from Macro Capital, Grady Wolf from Bell Direct. Thanks for um, always me. great to have you both in the <laughs> studio. I love it, warms the cockles. And we also get a kick when you send us your stock picks, ausbiz.co forward slash the call or sorry, just call picks. Um, if you've been wondering what's happening on the broader market, it is a little bit of a positive session. Uh, we'll take you through what's happening out there next. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 